0: Hey, Orlando, good to have you with us. You're in the zone with Brandon Kravitz on FM 96.9, the game.
1: Welcome back to in the zone here on FM 96.9, the game streaming on the iHeartRadio app. This segment sponsored by underdog fantasy. They are back. And I have been hitting underdog fantasy hard and fast over the first few weeks of the NFL season. They've got college football as well. You can check them out, underdogfantasy.com, or do what I do, download the mobile app and use promo code Brandon up for some special perks. This week's locks uh, will be delivered on Thursday, so this coming week, as I am in... uh, pre-NBA season taking over my life uh, vacation mode with the fam coming up at the end of the week. So that starts on Friday. So I'll be out out on Friday. You guys will be blessed with the presence of the people's champ, Stefan. And my stone-cold locks will come on Thursday. So I have to have those ready a day early. It does throw off the schedule a little bit, Tyler, because I am very formatted in the way that I go about my process. So I'm just going to have to be a day ahead on everything.
0: It's okay. Just start to get the ideas in your head. I think after what we saw in NFL football yesterday, some ideas are already creeping in your head for locks next week. And then, yeah, you just speed it up, expedite everything a little bit. Maybe skip the phone step of it. It goes straight from paper to the iPad, making its way Mm. to the computer screen. Just take out the phone step.
1: Okay. That's not a bad idea. I think I might actually start looking at lines. Usually I wait until everything is concluded. I think I might start doing that tonight during Chargers-Cowboys. Already a cup. I have a really. I think with most of us, we react so much. We react so heavily to everything that we just saw. You have to let that settle. Otherwise, you're probably more times than not going to make some really bad decisions. My record for this week: three, three, and one against the spread. I, I get a push every single week. This has never happened to me this often. When doing this segment. So I'm 25, 15, and three on the season. The percentage is unchanged, unscathed. So I guess that's good. But, Tyler, I took to, I took some brutal losses here. I mean, I had Oregon plus three. That wasn't a loss. They they should have won that game. Uh, and they end up pushing. I had South Carolina minus two. They were up by ten with three minutes to go. And somehow lost that one. That was amazing. oh uh, in mean, Florida, Graham Mertz played great credit to him. The worst of all, though, was, I mean, the Bucks plus three, that was just a bad read. Like, there's no explaining that away. The Patriots plus three, I was texting you in the moment. I said, all Mac Jones has to do is not throw a pick six. <laughs> They're down by two. They have the ball. You know, they, ha- they had to drive the length of the field. That probably wasn't going to happen. I didn't care what they did. Because I had them. They were good. They were covering the spread. The game was about to end. And all they had to do was just not throw pick six. And and then I forgot about the safety portion of it. Jack Jones gets tackled in the end zone.
0: That was disgusting. You can't rule out anything when it comes to giving up bad points, no matter what, at what point in the game it is. But think about how the game ended last year when the Patriots playing the Raiders. It was the whole hot potato. I'm going to throw it back to Mac Jones. who's going to run at 60 yards for a touchdown at the buzzer. Instead, it ended up with Chandler Jones' foot going through Mac Jones' face mask and going to the house for a game-winning touchdown. The Patriots never fail to amaze me these days and how they can lose games. Wow. I You know, I had completely forgotten about
1: that. that yeah. is, uh, that's a fun fun little reminder there. Um, you had the Jets plus seven against the Eagles, so I feel like a genius there. But all in all, in the even week, uh, it's okay. Um, You know, not going to cry about it, but just sets up for I have not had a, an atrocious week yet. Hopefully that's not me jinxing myself, but this is um uh, this is one thing I feel like I can hang my hat on right now. I haven't been blowing you guys away, but I also have if you've been following this, I haven't been losing any money. So,
0: you know, we're just enjoying the ride, Tyler. An even week is a positive week, and when it comes to betting, if you can bet on some games, it adds a little spice to just a normal 4 o'clock game in the NFL, gives you another added element, gets you connected to it. If you get through an entire NFL Sunday slate and you're even, you should consider that a positive. <laughs> yeah.
1: Me ending up even is like me lay. I just end up like I'm sprawled out in the middle of the living room. I'm dripping sweat no matter what the temperature is. <laughs> And I'm just like, I I didn't make or lose any money. I think I'm okay. I yeah. mean, I'm just, I'm a mess I, on Sundays. I
0: fell into the better trap of, I had a huge week last weekend. Did not miss with NFL football. Started on Sunday morning with London game and my Derrick Henry prop, which we'll get to here in just a second. And old takes exposed. Hot start there. I didn't hit anything the rest of the day. So it was one of those uh, feeling good, coming off a good week. You start with a London win and then it's all downhill from there.
1: Well, Tyler mentioned it. We do not let a Friday show go by without laying some bold predictions out there. Sometimes they go well. Sometimes they do not. Let's see how we did. It is time to get to our old takes exposed.
0: Tyler, take it away, my friend. Let's do it. Let's start with B. John Robinson, who has not scored a rushing touchdown this entire season up to this point. And so coming into the week, I threw it out there to Brandon. I said, there's no way that B. John Robinson plays in six full games. They're at home versus the commanders who haven't been a great rush defense this year. There's no way that B. John Robinson doesn't get in the end zone. And you know what, Brandon, you agreed with me there.
1: Robinson is a special talent. We've already seen that every week there's I don't know where they're getting these aerial views from on social media. Are they just drones sitting above these players that we don't see when we're actually watching these games? It's been incredible technology that we've been witness to. If you've been seeing these and specifically B. John Robinson, it seems like he's got the he's the only guy with a drone above his head, apparently on NFL Sundays. But yeah, I'm a, you want bold? Not just one, B. John Robinson punches it in the end zone twice for the Falcons this weekend.
0: Yeah, B. John Robinson getting a similar treatment as what Jameer Gibbs did before he was hurt. Uh, they're just not going to use him straight up. I mean, 13 carries for 37 yards for B. John Robinson in a losing effort to the commanders. And um, no, B. John Robinson did not find the end zone twice, Brandon.
1: That was, uh, that was a popular bet by yours truly on underdog fantasy. I had, that, I had him pair because you got to pair them, pair these props with others across the league and I had him paired with a, a multiple different players all of which scored touchdowns by the way. Bijan didn't, but everybody else did. My CMC Tua I had for multiple touchdowns. I had uh Jordan Addison, all these guys paired with Bijan. Bijan did nothing. I don't I don't get it. Maybe we maybe we overhyped him a little bit. So are you mm-hmm. going to stay on the Bijan train because I, you've already you've decided that you're hitching your wagon and You don't want to see him get into the end zone with you not being on it? Or what do you you end up doing with
0: this? Yeah, I mean, well, it's got to happen eventually. And it has to. And he he is good. He is so good. He is. And, I mean, he didn't even have – his game on Sunday wasn't his best performance of the season. I still think it comes down to they're running Tyler Algier in the red zone on a couple red zone attempts that they had. They're still not using Bijan Robinson the best way possible. He is already he has the ability to be one of the best running backs in the game. And we all agreed upon that. That's why he was a first-round fantasy football pick. So, I'm going to stay on it most likely because it just it has to happen eventually. It's it's it is ironic that we were on Bijan and it wasn't Bijan who got the touchdowns. Kyle Pitts. Welcome oh, to the yeah. show, Big Dog. Yeah. Getting a touchdown for the Falcons. That's unheard of these days.
1: 2 weeks in a row now Kyle Pitts has been fantasy relevant it's a beautiful thing i told you guys not to hop off him it's disgusting you know that you have to worry about this with somebody that has as much talent as he does but this has been the life of having uh, Kyle Pitts on your fantasy squad this it could very well just be a monday you know, uh, overreaction, the, the scars are fresh kind of situation. But I was of the firm belief that Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs were going to hit the ground running uh, literally and figuratively this season and just take over at the running back position and be be one of the best instantaneously. Jameer Gibbs has shown almost none of that. Bijan has had a couple of highlights, but hasn't really put together those monster games and so they have the talent to do it but they're not doing it. So I mean there is a part of me that I don't want to I don't want to put this out into the universe cuz then it's going to come back and bite me in a couple of weeks especially with how hyped on them I was before the season. I think there's a chance we may have overrated these guys. I'm just starting to think about it. I'm not there yet but you know,
0: I'm wounded. When it when it comes to fantasy wise, the numbers were there that every first round running back Taken in the NFL draft, going back to what was it 2016, has been a top ten fantasy running back. That was a fact. So yeah. if these two don't get to that level fantasy wise, you did what you were supposed to do. Both of them met the criteria, and they both showed the ability in college to get it done. You look at their NFL success. Jameer Gibbs is on a what the the Lions are four five and one now four and one five so, and one so. Success-wise, and Gibbs has been hurt, obviously, and now Dave Montgomery out again for the Lions, but the Lions, it, it hasn't hurt them that Jameer Gibbs hasn't found the end zone. And, I mean, the, I don't think the Falcons care. That doesn't hurt them. They don't know how to use their best players, period. Let's right. go, so that Bijan bet didn't hit, but I did have a running back bet in for this weekend. In the old London game, Derek Henry, his prop was set at 64.5 rushing yards as well as 15 carries. Here is what I had to say about both. It seems like one team just isn't quite right when they play in London. One thing that is the safest bet is to get the ball to the best player that you have in Derrick Henry. I love Henry here. I'm not going to go for his 15 carries over prop because it's set at around minus 200, which I think Derrick Henry can hit this 70 yard marker without rushing the ball 15 times. So I like Henry over 64 and a half, but over 15 carries is a gamble. BK. Twelve carries, yeah. ninety-seven yards, and a score for Derrick Henry this weekend in London. I couldn't have that hit was, that better.
1: That was vintage Derrick Henry too. And I, I yeah, I kind of thought that we would see him go under. I think that was what I had taken there, uh, just because he hasn't really put it together yet. One big run. I mean, that did most of the damage. So I wasn't really totally off. He did, but he was able to pop one for sixty-three yards. And that, and, I mean, without that run, he had a terrible day. But, but that's what Derrick Henry can do. At any point, he can be the guy that bulldozes through the line, and you can't tackle him. And he is fast enough, even at his ripe old age, to, uh, to, to blow by some guys in the defense. So the, the Titans are terrible. Derrick Henry's uh, exiting his prime. And I really have nothing nice to say about this football team, but I'm happy that you were able to hit that. That was, uh, you know, you were on that from, from, this, from the jump.
0: Yeah, no, that was that was easily my best read of the weekend. From there, it all was downhill. Um, <laughs> can you give me another? Can you give me a highlight of? Uh, I don't know that we have an old take exposed
1: for all of these items. Is there one that sticks out to you as your biggest crash and burn, or did we just talk about it with Bijan Robinson?
0: I think Bijan might have been the biggest crash and burn. Um, you, you hit on. I do have here you talking about the Patriots, and I, I need to get it off my chest here. I need to talk about my New England Patriots and what a dumpster fire it is right now. But you did take them plus with the uh, plus three versus the Raiders. Here's what you had to say about it.
1: The Patriots plus three against the Raiders. Bill Belichick is going up against Josh McDaniels. Legendary coaches usually do well against assistants. He's going up against his former quarterback and Jimmy Garoppolo. And the Patriots schedule has been so daunting. They are legitimately bad, but I don't think they're as bad as they've looked. Yeah, uh, that's how no, they're worse.
0: Yeah, it's. <laughs> Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're not going to believe how good how, how, what these guys are going to look like. They're going to look even worse versus the worst team in the NFL. Arguably, not the worst team, but Vegas is down there. They're in the. I think this puts the Patriots. They get a tier created for them in the AFC right now. Out there in the basement, they're not the level. Of the Las Vegas Raiders, they're not at the level of the New York New York Jets, and not even close. Not at the level of the Denver Broncos. The Patriots are. They have nothing good going for them right now.
1: Uh, they might be able to beat the Broncos. I think that those two those two teams. Hey, let me look. I uh, let me look at where I am in terms of power rating. I don't know if you know that I do this, Tyler, but I have a notepad on my phone where I have a number that is associated with every. This is this is how in deep. I am. Okay. This is a sickness. <laughs> I have a notepad on my phone titled NFL power rating. And it's my own rating ah. for every team in the NFL. It's a number zero through 10. Every team gets a number. So in case you ever, you're ever curious, you can always ask, Hey, where are you at? The two lowest graded teams I have in the AFC are the Patriots at one and a half and the Broncos at one. So I actually have the Patriots graded slightly higher. For what reason? I couldn't even tell you honestly. Yeah. Uh, they're both they're both dreadful. I thought the Patriots would play better. This is the easiest matchup they've had all season. The Patriots are. We talk about good teams sometimes as they're matchup proof. The Patriots are matchup proof too. They'll be bad against whoever they play. Doesn't
0: matter. Period. They haven't scored more than twenty points. They scored twenty points in Week One versus the Eagles. They haven't hit twenty points since. Mac Jones has thrown five touchdowns this season. Three of them came in that Eagles game in week one. He hasn't thrown a touchdown, and I think this is three weeks in a row now. The offense somehow looks worse than what it did last year when they had a defensive coordinator and a special teams guy calling the plays. This year, you bring back Bill O'Brien, who was your offensive coordinator when he won some Super Bowls. The offense somehow looks worse. Bill Belichick is lost out there on both sides of the ball. They are banged up on defense, but they don't have a good quarterback Mac Jones is not a good quarterback.
1: Uh, I'm off it. I, I was. No, I mean they got to they got to figure something out there. I, I mean they just need to put somebody else in the game.
0: They just got You you can't keep
1: looking at your locker room and saying, "Guys, I've I've got the answer and it's Mac Jones. Here have fun this weekend." I just
0: can't imagine that Bill O'Brien or Bill Belichick are going to know what to do with a mobile quarterback and Malik Cunningham. They've never look at the backups even that have filled in for Brady throughout the years. Two of them played. In that game, Brady just got beat by his offensive old offensive coordinator and two backup quarterbacks to Tom Brady. And those backup quarterbacks, by the way, were a very mini version of Tom Brady. Bill Belichick has never had to deal with coaching a mobile quarterback, so that's why I think even Zappy is the option over Malik Cunningham. As good as Malik Cunningham might be and could be, I, I don't think that'll bring any success. But the, the they pay- won a few games with Cam Newton. Yeah, the, like. A few, and that that was the year that yeah they scratched the playoffs or hardly missed the playoffs the first year after Brady. But I don't know. I I, I really don't know what to say anymore at this point. I think it's yeah, Bel- I Belichick. There's this is nothing against your legacy. I think you're done. I think you're done with this team. Whether it's their fault, your fault, whatever it is, I think that they're just done. Let's switch over to college football where the USC and Notre Dame game. That was nothing, I think, like either of us saw it playing out. Is that fair to say before we play what we uh, what we had to say last week?
1: Yeah, I think of all the variations I figured this game could go, I didn't really factor this one in. I'll, <laughs> I'll agree with that. Let's see what we had to
0: say. Home versus Ohio State, that 17-14 to loss. The defense kept them in that game. That was three weeks ago. Then they were at Duke two weeks ago. At Louisville last week. And now they get their fourth straight top 25 ranked opponent. And the best one I think that they'll see. Um, so I think that defense might be slowed down a little bit for Notre Dame. I think the under is the better play. They <laughs> yeah, made the, the under. Which, by the way, the that under didn't hit because of that scoop and score. This final was 48-20. to 20, And that late game scoop and score was why that under didn't hit. Because this mark... Was I got this one and the uh Washington Oregon game mixed up? I know when I was looking through these games, this over under was set at sixty-one. So I believe that under was it was still at it was at sixty-one before that scoop and score. So yeah. kind of a wonky game to end there. But for USC to go out there and score twenty, and for Notre Dame to put up dang near fifty. Uh, Like you said, I saw numerous ways that game to play out. That was not one.
1: USC's defense is just that bad, and so that's how Notre Notre Dame is. They're not able to put a 48 on anybody, but when Caleb Williams turns the ball over the way that he did and their defense is going to make life pretty easy on you, the combination of those two things, that's how Notre Dame gets to that number. Uh, Every USC game, the total is going to be around 60 because They have to score a lot of points if they're going to win. And that's the case against anybody they play. What I figured going into this one, and I didn't have a strong feel for the result of the game. That's why it didn't end up on the locks list. Certainly a game I was looking at, but the general thought is, okay, the better quarterback will probably find a way to win. Sam Hartman's fine. But at the end of the day, Notre Dame feels kind of dead right now. And, and their offense is just so vanilla that if Caleb Williams, going to be able to keep up. Well, I mean, they forget about cooking. The guy slipped before he even got into the kitchen. He was <laughs> so bad. Uh, I'm going to save this for tomorrow because, you know, we've just unloaded on so much today. Mm. The head coach that's standing there on the sideline, we need to start talking about him All right, because I think I'm not going to say he's a problem, but I don't think he's, he's not the golden boy that everybody makes him out to be. Caleb Williams has all the talent in the world. He should never look the way that he did on Saturday. And while he is partially to blame because he's the one that's playing the position, in college, coaching is so important in, ter- in terms of how the players on the field produce and perform. And for him to play at that level, to me, is, is a really
0: bad mark on Lincoln Riley. Let's wrap right here with this one because BK, we had a little in the zone friendly bet going on this weekend. We asked what you asked me, what would would be the bigger diff the Panthers and the Dolphins game or the Giants and bills game last night? So let me ask you this and I'll throw a bold weekend prediction back at you. Who has the bigger diff for Sunday game in the NFL, the Dolphins over the Panthers or the bills over the Giants? I'm going Bills-Giants here I I think that the Dolphins have They've already mercy ruled the Broncos this season They got that out of their system I think that they might take on somewhat similar of a mindset to what the Chiefs had last night versus the Broncos, except the Dolphins will get ahead. They'll put up the four touchdowns. If the Panthers can keep up a little bit, I think that the Dolphins dial it back in the second half a little bit. Um, and, and I think that the, the Bills completely put it to the Giants this week. So that that's right. There, that that
1: right there is our in the zone bet of the weekend. I think the Dolphins beat okay. the Panthers by a bigger margin than the Bills beat the Giants. We'll check back in well, on that on Monday.
0: Good call BK. Uh,
1: thank you very much. The diff was 21 to 5. You would think that, that that sort of prognostication I should be a millionaire after after nailing that. I wasn't on either of those games. I mean thankfully I didn't step in it on the wrong side, but mm. I uh yeah, you know sometimes you just lay it out there on the air. We got a lot we have a lot of stuff that we comb through, but uh yeah, that was uh, I don't know what you're what do you owe me at this point? I don't or know. Should we just keep a tally running? Because I, I kind of like so. this in the zone bed of the week thing.
0: Yeah, we, we've done it unofficially in the past. I think that can be our first official one, and we'll come up with something at the end of the NFL season, or we'll, we'll figure it out, and there will be a clear-cut winner and a loser, and we'll have to do something. But I'm watching this game. Dolphins are down 14-0, the of the first quarter. I have so many different thoughts running through my mind. One is, oh, this might be it. Right here, I did uh, forget about how explosive that Dolphins offense was because before you knew it, it was 21-14 to going into halftime and Dolphins were up. In my survivor pool, six of the remaining ten people took the Dolphins. I was not one of those. It was, oh, here we go. The Niners ended up losing, so it was going to be a big elimination week in so many different areas, and yeah. the Dolphins ended up winning 42-21, to and the Bills put up a stinker. Last night they still win the game, but and then
1: ironically enough, I had the and I had the Bills in Survivor, so I I survive in advance with that one by the skin of my teeth. I thought of the I thought of what the bet could be, so I think that we tally this and then at the end of the year when football season is over and we've got a couple extra segments to spare on this radio show, I think the loser has to has to perform an entire 10-minute segment on a topic of the other person's choosing. (laughs) So I could have you do, like, 10 minutes on Care Bears or, like, or, I don't know, Barney the Dinosaur.
0: Going back to middle school presentations right there. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, I'll participate, but you have to be the one that does the research and really bring it. Like, I want hot takes on, like, stuffed animals.
0: Oh, boy. You know? Yeah, all right. Uh, What, do you like that idea? You know what idea I like? <laughs> we with... zone out.
1: Our daily zone out topic of the day brought to you by J. David tax law. Peace of mind. Only a click or a phone call away with the Jacksonville Jaguars playing in London over the last couple of weeks. Gambling.com decided. No, that's not a website that I run. Despite what you may think uh, they decided to analyze their social media following to discover how the Jaguars rank among teams, in the NFL who have the highest percentages of international fans along with the country in which their largest international following takes form. So um, this might surprise you and take it for what it's worth. This is one site doing a social media study. This is not scientific, but it's something. The 49ers have the most international fans According to this study of all the teams in the NFL, they have more fans outside of the States than anybody else. That doesn't surprise me. They had a huge run in the eighties. That's a big brand. Um, the, the, the Joe Montana, you know, like that. that's not shocking. The, what's surprising is it's followed by the Vikings, the Patriots and the Packers Patriots Packers. You could easily make the case for how they end up on the list. I don't know how the Vikings do. Um, I don't know if it's like the, Norwegian thing or what, but somehow the Vikings are on that list. The Jags though are the 23rd most popular international team. Wow. 23rd after all this work that they're doing, according to gambling.com and the research they've done, the Jaguars are the 23rd most popular team outside of the United States of America. That's disappointing.
0: Okay. Well, think about it. The Jags have played some really bad football over the last 10 years. So, if you are a young adult, even a kid, a teenager in London that doesn't know a ton about football. You know football, you know it's something that goes on over in the United States. And hey, you know, hey son, do you want to go to a football game today? Sure. And you go and check it out. You see the Jaguars play, and they're playing the Texans and it's a 7 to 3 final. And you go, "Ew." But then on Sunday, you wake up during the time difference, so you can you throw on the TV and you see Tom Brady. And you see Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Yeah, you you like those guys more than that crap you just saw on Sunday, or earlier in the day from the Jaguars. So I I understand it. I think the only way Minnesota makes that list is because of the deep-rooted rivalry with the Packers. But yeah, Minnesota is the, the oddball there. 7-3 is a
1: high-scoring game, according to the football that they usually watch. I don't know what well, they're complaining yeah, exactly. about.
0: Yeah, come on now.
1: <laughs> folks. That'll-
0: with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.